there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast, coming to you live, as always, from various time zones around the United States of America. I, as always, am your host, Matt Folks, live in San Diego, joined this evening by two of my wonderful co-hosts, first of all, on the East Coast, representing the New York Foxes, as always, and his beloved Yankees his Yankees hat, even though he's got the Rangers going on tonight. Mr. Jason Becker of the New York Foxes, what's up, my man? Hey, yeah, I'm going to make a late gym run today, so my, my Yankees cap has kind of been relegated to my gym cap uh, <laughs> after that sorry season. So uh, I've got the Rangers on in the background. Uh, they're the last hope, uh, I think, for New York sports this year. So no chance for the Knicks? Did. <laughs> when have the Knicks? I mean, Chris... <laughs> <laughs> sorry oh and sorry. just right on cue rangers score three nights. yes <laughs> excellent excellent right on cue uh as, as you've heard him join us uh live in del mar mr chris warner what's up my guy how you doing buddy how you doing yeah i can't really say that i have an nhl or a team like that so i'll just bask in the fact we're top of the league 10 points what is it 10 points from third now and enzo and everybody is on a roll yeah, it's crazy. I or, least... or, or, or Cobb, maybe. As, as you know. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I'm glad you got your Rangers. Uh, I fortunately or unfortunately cheer for uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who continually find ways to just disappoint me uh, in my NHL fandom. So uh, hopefully they're out there. They get a good win tonight against Philadelphia. Get the season start off right. But uh, yeah, not. Uh, expecting much after the uh off-season shenanigans uh that they've gone through but this isn't a hockey pod guys and we've got way better things to talk about like our wonderful foxes who just continue to make a mockery of the championship uh playing just incredible fluid football that i think continues to just shock us every week with just how amazing uh it has gone given the fact that Every question was in the air at the beginning of the season with being in a new league with a lot of new faces and a new coach. And uh, man, we've just hit the ground running. So we are loving life uh, coming to you guys after two big. We're in the international break now, but two huge wins. Uh, Preston and Stoke, two big check marks off the list for the Foxes. Uh, Preston, especially. I know it feels like it was four weeks ago at this point, guys, but. Preston match coming in, they were in third place. Uh, everything was on the line there as far as uh, we, there could have been a slip up easily. Uh, honestly, probably our biggest match of the year heading into it. And uh, we just put the uh, hammer to the floor and smoked those boys by three goals. Chris, uh, we'll start with you on the Preston match, man. What, uh, what do you have to say about that one? Well, I think it, it, it's, it was just a continuation, wasn't it, of the season and the idea, the patience, as you've talked about, Matt. And I think one of the things that, that we I think I was a little bit kind of uh, dismissive of at the beginning of the year, and you've absolutely kind of hit us over the head with, is this idea that we're wearing them down, we're wearing them down, we're wearing them down, and at some point we're going to break him down. And that, again, I think was part, was kind of came through in the Preston game. I mean, they, for being second in the league, I know their style is a little bit, they're a deep block, a mid block, but it was kind of crazy that you're playing second in the league and you're lining up that way. And um, 
I thought that we did it. I think as soon as we'd scored the first, then the quality of the second and this. I know people say the second's good, but that third goal and what Ian Acho did does on the halfway line, not only the way he moves his feet and then plays it out wide, that is just, oh, that was just football to die for. So amazing performance, well-deserved result in the end. But again, it was just like you said, Matt, it's like we've got to be patient in those situations. And when one comes, three will come. We'll talk about those goals. I mean, like, yeah, man. I mean, first of all, Ian Acho, there's so many things to talk about on this goal. But first of all, I will just start with Nacho and the move, the little back forth move that he put on the guy. And then he hits that outside of the foot curver to the postman, Mark Albrighton, who then does Mark Albrighton fucking things. I haven't played in a while. I'm still number 11. I'm still Mark Albrighton. Here's one on a postage stamp directly into the box, which yeah, I'm with you. That would have been goal of the season. Uh, but Nacho, unfortunately, doesn't get a stuck home. But then, you know, we've got the follow-up KDH. And I just think, uh, what, what, do you, what do you say at that point, guys, when, when you're scoring goals like this, Jason? They're changing the way we watch football. Yeah, we've, we've scored some incredible team goals this year. And it's so satisfying to watch. Uh, there is something um, about that and how much different it is to watch uh, a good team goal where – you know, we've been used to uh, quite a while now uh, under, you know, the, the prior regime of seeing, you know, goals really scored by individual skill and, and using individual skill to kind of bail us out of those situations. And uh, now we are scoring very nice looking team goals, which are, you know, clearly part of the way that we want to play football. Um, and it, it's satisfying to watch because you know, it, you see a great individual goal that can kind of come out of nothing, but that's no way to kind of uh, run a game plan. And when we score goals like we did against Preston, you can, you know, you can see it's, it's, um, that's what they were planning to do. And they executed on it and scored those types of goals. So uh, I love seeing it. I, I, I love um, the build up. Um, you know, we've had some really quick counters when, when we've needed and gotten the, the puck, the, the puck I went to hockey on in the background. <laughs> Got the ball up the pitch um, pretty quickly. Uh, so this is a team that can kind of move the ball around, change speed of play, um, change different angles of attack, and and exploit space. Um, and it's good. It's satisfying to watch. Um, yeah. I also have to eat a little bit of humble pie. I think anyone who listened to the last episode would remember, you know, Matt saying that this is going to be a very comfortable win. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm not too sure about that. <laughs> I wasn't, but I thought about what Matt had said uh, on the pod. And, and um, I did redeem myself a bit privately when I texted you guys and said, you know what? I was thinking about what Matt said. I looked at the stats. I've been looking at a bit more about Preston and I, I think Matt's right. I think we are going to handle this one pretty easily. And you were. Yeah, and I think you uh, you placed a little bet too. It won you some money as well, so I'm excited about that, my guy. Um, I, I wouldn't have reconsidered it without without your confidence, and and it, it paid off literally. Well, I mean, guys, it's I said it like it, 
ends up changing the way we watch football now. You know, we before it was, I mean, I just feel like a lot of people watch the game for the goals. Uh, you watch the game for the, you know, offense. And really now he's changing the way we watch football. And I'm getting more out of watching us play and making these guys run all over the pitch and wearing them down. And it's just so fun to watch. And I mean, you see it on the score sheet, right? When When you were talking about last year and how we relied on, individual greatness for our goals and you're exactly right if it wasn't james madison with some ridiculous ball hogging for 30 seconds to a left foot curler that went in or it wasn't yuri taking a shot you know from 35 yards and praying that it hit the hit the bar and bounce down and in instead of hitting the bar and bouncing out that's what we look forward to last year and i mean when you look at the stats this year i think what do we have seven guys seven different players have scored it's it just shows you that the, the type of football that has been played, the mentality that it now exists with this team, it's been changed from the ground up, Chris. And I, you just got to give it to Enzo uh, for the work that he's done with these guys. Yeah, 100%. I mean, who would have thought that if you have a philosophy where you try to pat the box with players, we might actually get more players that are scoring goals. I mean, that that it sounds simple on paper, but to your point, Matt, it requires a philosophical shift in the way we approach the game in order to do that. And players like we talked about on this podcast all, all season long, players like Ndidi are coming out of their skin now and being just these kind of diamonds that we'd never, ever thought we'd see. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We just this we just keep praising and praising and praising Enzo. And it's every week we have to find new words to try and describe what we're doing. But it does feel, it does feel different. I mean, the more... I think about it now, the more that last season is starting to feel just uh, almost just miles and miles away now. And that's great. And I'm starting to even put away that pain and anger I had for the side at the end of last season. And like you said, focus now on the future. Look forward to what this team might be doing. Look forward to touch wood when we get promoted, what this team can do and who can we bring in with this philosophy. And I mean, it's just, it's, that's great. And that's exactly what we needed as a club. We needed a reset. Kudos. I mean, he doesn't get much praise on this podcast, but I mean, Rudkin and Whelan and the board took a gamble with Enzo and it's paid off. And so kudos to the club as well for, for making a decision that's been the right one. Yeah. I think, um, you know, when we look back at Susan and John's tenure here, uh, I, you know, this is definitely helping things, to, to say the least. But uh, I, I, I don't know, Jason, is there, are we giving them enough credit? Are we not giving them enough credit? Yeah, I mean, it, look, the, this full rebuild is going to take take some time. Um, you know, we still have, what, five keepers on, on the squad as we saw in a, in a team photo that, that was released, yes. released, which like, come on, that, that is pretty ridiculous. It's something I've been like, just probably talked about way too much um, on this pod. Um, but I think just as, um, I don't know, we have a bit of a chicken or the egg thing in, in a way, but just as important as the tactics and, and, and how we're playing is the, the squad depth. And um, you need that in this league. And we've proven that um, how how important that is already you know making six changes before the last game and con and being able to rotate players 
being able to sub on guys, being able to score late goals because our opponents are just gassed and uh, and our guys are still fresh. It makes a big difference. Uh, when I say it's kind of chicken or the egg thing, it's um, I did, is Enzo benefiting from that? Certainly he is. But do we have a bit more of that squad depth now because of Enzo? Because players are on board and wanting to stay, and some of them may may have wanted to leave um, earlier in the year. And I think uh, he does get a lot of he does deserve a lot of credit for how he's managed such a big squad and figured out ways to get everyone playing time and to to make every player on the side um, feel like they have a real contribution to make. Um, and everyone's he seems to be on the same page. And they understand what he's doing, um, and, and look what he's been able to do with Wilfred and Didi. But not just Wilfred and Didi in, in changing positions there, but we have other players that were kind of left out in the cold. And look how well they're performing. Yannick Vestergaard has yep. been a revelation this year. He's really been playing so well. I love watching him uh, each week. Harry Suter, you know, he's. We, we think he's going and, and he's kind of, you know, frozen out. And then Enzo figures out a way to kind of integrate him back into the squad. Um, and then other players like Hamza Chowdhury, you know, didn't seem like he was really uh, a Brendan Rogers kind of guy. And here comes Enzo giving him a captain's armband, you know, uh, this season and, and telling him how important he is. And, and, and now Hamza goes and signs another contract. So really, I think um, some, and, and Pat Sandaka has even, you know, gotten a little bit of playing time and probably will be worked into the squad a bit. So I, I, I think um, certainly um, Susan and, and John and, and top deserve a ton of credit for, for um, taking a chance on a manager like Enzo Maresca. Um, he's got a very clear idea of how he wants to play football. I think he's done an excellent job on the tactical side, on the man management side. And also, um, developing a connection with the fans again. And he had to deal with, you know, some booze and some people just not used to the style and, and the pace of the play, kind of what he was doing. And, you know, he's not going to change. And he kept keeps explaining to the fans what he's trying to do and how important it is to get everyone on the same side. And we saw in the first game against Cobb, he was out there celebrating and jumping around. And um, he, we've been missing that connection with a manager for for a long time now, you know, it kind of was just a little odd with, with Rogers always, and then things got toxic. It was non-existent with Claude Puel. Um, so this is a good chunk of time. And we tend to fall in love with, with managers that, that take that effort and, and, and want to develop that connection with fans. We did, you know, big chunk of this, uh, you know, so there's a lot there. Um, and I just, I it's probably said a little too much, but um, yeah, they, they, the, the the brass deserves a lot of credit for for bringing in a manager like Maresca, and sure. we see what it's done throughout the squad and throughout the club, really. Yeah, I, th I think too. You got to give. Obviously, we've done it a lot on this pod, and and you know, I feel like we repeat this a lot, but you've got to give him Enzo 
so much credit for you know being able to speak to the notorious six that wanted to leave the club and come back because that is part of the reason that we have this absolutely insane squad depth now and shout out neil warnick who was one of the first people at the beginning of the season that said lester have two two elevens that could get promoted and damn if he wasn't right um i feel like Enzo's almost like when you're playing FIFA uh, manager mode, like, and you, you know, it shows you like the players' happiness emblems by their, like, how much playing time they're getting. I feel like that's in, what Enzo's doing now is just literally who's who's got the disgruntled uh, face next to the their name. Yeah, it's like it's like when you go to the airport and you, it's like when you go to the airport and you go through TSA and there's that little electronic panel that says how happy were you with the service. Like after training, yeah. there's it's out there when everyone comes to a seaway, we're just like. Everyone's smacking the big green smiley face right now. <laughs> oh, Suter's got the red. The red, Suter's got the angry face. Get him in the side. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's just crazy. And, and this season will prove it. But we've seen it before with other managers. You can freeze guys out, and you know you can I don't know for whatever reason not like certain characters. But sooner or later, someone's going to get hurt. Something's going to happen, and you're going to have to rely on them. And for us, we'll have injuries. We've already had some. We have Afghan coming this year. We're going to have to rely on some of those players that have been frozen out. And um, Enzo is Enzo gets it, man. Uh, he, he really does. He really does. And and you know, not only does he have the depth, he knows how to fucking use it, guys. Let me throw a stat at you that is just proof positive. We were talking about running teams into the dirt between the seventy-fifth and the ninetieth minute. LCFC aggregate is 10 to nothing this season. So if you need to just get an idea of how Enzo ball works, that that's all you need to hear right now, guys, in the most crucial time of any football matches this year, we are 10 to nothing on the aggregate. That's a, that's a complete opposite of, I think what we have seen the last few years. Yeah. hundred percent. Are we starting to realize that come end of the season, we're going to be eating crow in the sense that actually going to Thailand in the middle of the typhoon season when it was 105 degrees turns out to be the best thing we could have done for the players' fitness. Like, is that is that just going to come out? It's like <laughs> Enzo just made them run while we're hey. out there and that's just been the catalyst for it. I don't know. It would be interesting to figure out how much ground we cover compared to the opposition. Yeah. So I do wonder whether it's a case of us being super fit or whether it's just because we move it so much it's a case they're running around but um it yeah it's an incredible stat i just those sorts of stats just remind me of the pain of last year and all those late goals that we can see <laughs> i mean oh, we let, never let this, though, it's a great point is that like we've got these players that have come in now come out of the come out come out come out of the rough and and just manage to slip in and do their job and i mean that's that's kudos to the club as a whole as well for 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 those, those sorts of things, and I think the players as well. People, the leadership, the senior players that are able to kind of can keep that relationship going with those players, even when the manager may not they may not be in the manager's priorities. So I think it does show as well a, a bit of camaraderie in the dressing room, which is always good. Yeah, and Chris, you know, since we're on you know we're on the topic of of the leadership at the club, I mean. Um, Chris, you uh, one of the, my favorite moments of, of the pod last season was, you know, you kind of pleading 
with the club to get everyone on the same page and, and, and talking about the importance of an identity at the club and for everyone to kind of understand what's happening and for a youth team to play in a similar way as the first team, for everyone to be on the same page. We're seeing so much more of that this season. We're seeing um, changes in the way the youth team are playing. We're seeing youth players kind of in integrated into the first team. We're seeing more collaboration or at least more social media posts yeah. uh, with the um, uh, men's team and the women's team. So uh, hopefully people over there, you know, at Seagrave and on Philbert Way have really taken that to heart. And, and that becomes, a, you know, uh, a continuing theme um, throughout the next few years. Um, yeah, guys on, on Preston there. So yeah, KDH gets two, Nacho gets another one. Um, oh, we were talking about the Preston game. Yeah, well, yeah, I just, no, I did an entire loop route. Oh, I was trying to, I love it, man. it. I love it. That's what a good host does. Bring us back to the center. Keep us on track. <laughs> I do my best. Uh, yeah. KDH two goals. There's the important part. Nacho gets another goal, uh, continues to be the most prolific scorer in the league. Uh, Nacho is that. Um, then we moved on to Saturday. Uh, Stoke, which, you know, is we've got a history with them. We've had some tough matches over the years. And uh, again, guys, this would have been one at home. Uh, we did lose at home to Hull. So it does seem this year like when we're away, we are playing better football. But uh, Stoke comes into town. And once again, we just absolutely dominate and get it done uh almost to an embarrassing point for that i mean it was embarrassing to for stoke fans and we did see uh some of the repercussions of that in the um video that went viral of their fans yelling at a uh, eight-year-old boy who i believe will be the cover of my pot of the pod this week so uh yeah i guess jason will go to you on the stoke performance that was just I mean, I'll just lead you with this. 17 minutes passed before Stoke touched the ball in our half. It, I mean, it, this, it was a very, very comfortable game, man. It really, 17 uh, minutes before they touched the ball in our half. I, it, it, and this is, we made, what, six changes, I think, going into that game, right? Over half the team, yes. Yeah, and so um, we had players that haven't played, you know, much football together and still just completely controlled that game. It was, um, it just, it, it, it was so one-sided. I mean, just in terms of the control of the game. And, and that's what I felt like that that's the, the word I kept saying, I think to everyone I was watching with like, we do feel like we're in control, even if we haven't scored, you know, 10 goals yet. Like this game just, just feels like it's in control. And it's all just going to always be, you know, it's a matter of time before we break through and then break through again. One thing I loved, and this is just a, a small random note, uh, but just more just endearment to our wonderful Italian manager. The fact that he did have the, the peace of mind to play uh, Harry Suter against Stoke. I fucking love that. I just that's so cool to me, Chris. I when when I saw that, I just got so stoked. Uh, that do you want a, just do you want a fun Harry Suter slap? We're talking about facts of the game. Matt, yeah, yeah. Facts of the game: Harry Sutor spent more time spent more time in Stoke's half than he did Leicester's half in the entire game. Wow! 
That's what I mean, man. That's the kind of stats that we have from this match. I did not realize that. I mean, that's if you want to sum up the game in in one sentence, I think that that would do it, right? Absolutely. Two shot attempts the whole game. That's just crazy. It's just crazy, man. And I, you know, I I don't know. It's it's we're gonna have this a lot this season where we're just looking for I guess things more things to talk about, like other than just we're fucking awesome. Uh, I and I think I guess right now one that we can point out to. How about our uh, young goaltender? Let's give this boy some props coming in. He's got the highest save percentage in the league at eighty-two uh, percent. Uh, Matt Sermonson playing an incredible game right now out of the back. Uh, Chris, I'll, I'll send it to you to give you your thoughts on uh, the young Dane, who I feel like has not got much uh, shine on put on him this year just because he hasn't had a whole hell of a lot to do. But he's done that thing that we loved about Casper was when he was called up in those moments, he's done his job. And he's yeah. done his job effectively. And that's all we need at this level is like he's going to spend 85 minutes with the ball at his feet halfway in their own half. But it's in those two moments of the game. Can he make that save? Can he do that moment that keeps us, whether it's 1-0 or whatever, and keeps us in the game? That's going to be where he's judged ultimately. But um, I, I do think at some point this season he's going to take a throw in. Because it looks like every time it feels like he's getting closer and closer to the point where he's just randomly going to take a throw in one day. Because he just just did that thing like Casper as well, where he gets bored, I think, and he wants the ball at his feet, and he just comes further and further into the field. But no, he's great. I mean, I think well, I don't know if he's going to. He's called up for Denmark now. I'm not sure whether he's going to play over this international break, but. I mean, you, yeah, you can't say much more. He's doing his job, and he's doing it doing it really well. Very excited about the young man, and he he's – yeah, I, I honestly think that when we look back on this season, obviously obligatory knock on wood here because we are Leicester, guys. Don't don't get it twisted. Something's going to go fucking wrong this year, and we're all just going to be like, yep, that, we were just waiting for that shoe to drop. But uh, what he has been able to do this year has just been incredible, and I think when we look back at this season – uh, some of the saves that he made in those first, second, third games of the year um, are going to just be monumental when we look back at just the success of the season and how, um, you know, the season ended up playing out the way it did, Jason. I, I Especially totally like agree. Coventry, dude, like those some of the saves against Coventry. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. He um, he has made some some very athletic and, and, and good saves this year. Um, I'm. I haven't looked at it yet, but um, I guess I'd be interested. Maybe I can pull it up now. Like what his like um, expected the expected goals against are versus the, you know the saves that he's he's actually making because he has ha- he as Chris said yeah I mean he he kind of you know goes to the side where he's just looking to get involved. He's not going to get involved. He um, and he's not getting to the chance to just make save after save, but but. Um, but when he has been called, like, I, what we had the commentary, we gave up that goal on the corner, but other than that, I can't really fault him for anything that's gone into the net, and that says a lot right there. And then, I, I, I think, um, the his, his comfort on the ball, uh, and his a bit his ability to, to be an outlet for our players and our defenders has made our defenders better. I mean, 
Yannick Vestergaard is back there passing the ball around like he's Pirlo because he has that outlet in 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 Hermanson that he he's got he's got options to play the ball and then now you know teams are afraid to press us because we've been able to play through it so easily at this level that now he's got time and he can scan the pitch and and ping passes around and that starts with uh, a goalkeeper that can play the ball well at his feet and we have that in Hermanson yeah, yeah. Ahead, I was just Chris. going to say, to your point, Jason, I just pulled it up. So the XG against us is should be about one, and we're averaging 0.5. So he's pretty much – he's over 50% more, effect, 50% more effective, which, I mean, in itself, just to your point, echoes what you were saying. It's pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, and, and we saw the mistake at, at you know Blackburn, and those are going to be the kind of goals when we. Yeah, there was that one too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but those are going to be the kind of goals that you give up in this in this system. I mean, we we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, and we said like starting to look Man City ish uh, in the fact that when we give up a goal, it's either because we made a mistake or there was some world fucking class effort, uh, a la uh, Ramsey, you know, against us. Um, with uh, Cardiff earlier in the year. So I think that the more this just continues to progress and the confidence level that these guys are cruising with right now is just, it's phenomenal. And I don't think that there's anyone that would have guessed that at this point in the season, we would be sitting where we are. Um, I mean, the points are just stacking up. I'm not sure, Chris, if you could pull up the table real quick and check. I know we're 10 points clear of third now. Is yeah, that 10, right? third, 10 of third now. So big gap. And then it's <laughs> it's 12 to the playoffs, 18. I think, yeah, ultimately we should just top two. It's it's 10 points. That's the gap that we Man, yeah. Man dude, crazy. Uh, more stats from this game that are just insane. 14 shots to their two. Seven shots on target to their one, 74% possession, which honestly doesn't feel right to me because it sure damn near felt like 95% possession. But 845 passes to their 287. So um, dominance on paper, dominance on film. And uh, yeah, guys. And then when you throw that, you just top that off with the fact that both Nacho and Vardy scored uh, when they were both on the field. Uh, it's just like, what I don't there's so many weapons and, here, Jason. Yeah, and, and Enzo pressed the buttons at the right time because right before he subbed in Vardy, Stoke were trying to, to get up the pitch a little bit higher and get their defenders in their back line a bit higher up the pitch. And we were starting to find a little joy. We were starting to find that ball uh through the back line or over the back line. And a few of us were talking, you know, at, at the football factory while we were watching and, and you know, it was said, you know, this is a perfect time to bring on Vardy. And what does is, what is Enzo do? I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, what, what I'm suggesting is always the right thing to do, but, but well, Enzo there's clearly. Not, there's not a dugout phone from he's Legends the same, to the KP. <laughs> <laughs> we need the righty in the bullpen. Exactly, so exactly. Get him warmed up. So he, um, you know, he sees the game, you know, I guess – now that we're starting to watch him and he's getting our, our fans kind of thinking differently about the game and, and 
I don't know. Just when, when things like that happen, you kind of feel like, all right, everyone's on the same page here. Like we know exactly what we're going to do. We're just going to do it. And he brings on Barty and, you know, I mean, it just, it, it was a textbook goal there too. We just, you know, get right through them and they were completely getting carved up there in the back. And uh, it was, it was a great sub and it was, it's nice to see Barty at his age, you know, making those runs in behind and, and getting there and getting the space. And uh, yeah, it just really just like, okay, you know, this is the time let's put this game to bed already. And he made, he made, so I think some excellent subs there and we just put the game to bed. We talked a little bit about uh, what he's done with players like, you know, Wilf. And uh, I I think that we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what he's done with our strikers because, you know, it, we're not that far off from last season when there was a lot of shit talking from people on our GOAT and on Vardy. And as it passed him, uh, is he – I mean, I even saw – I don't even want to talk about it, dude, some of the shit that I saw written about him. And – Good God, man, to see what Enzo has done. And now we see what he he's not only woke Vardy up, but now we're seeing Nacho really starting to hit the ground running. And I tell you what, that's a scary thought. And we said at the beginning of the year, if Nacho could fucking own this league and yeah. man, if he's got both of them clicking right now, Chris, I will get your opinion on what he's done uh, with our two strikers because it's a, it's scary. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to play us right now. You got the mute button on, buddy. Mate, thank you. It's all about the philosophy and the positioning of our players. We actually have support around our centre forward this year. The gap yeah. last year, it was always top of the pitch and then it seemed like an ocean until we had yeah. the next player that was close to that. And every time the ball went forward, there was just no support. Now Vardy, Ian Acho have got the ball at their feet and they've got... Fatal, they've got Eunice, they've got Cassidy, they've got Winks, they've got KDH, they've got everybody and anybody around them to lay the ball off, to make a turn, to make a pass. And that's just monumental and and just going to give them, like you said, the confidence to do stuff. And so I think, yes, they are too good for this league. We know that. But I think also just the way that we play, the setup and the way that we go about a game now is just conducive to what those forwards need. And I mean, what we're not we're not asking Vardy anymore to go chase down a 25, 25 yard through ball off the last defender. I mean, still think he's got a good shot of beating the guy, but we're not asking for that. We're playing the ball into his feet. We're asking him to make space, to hold it up, to lay it off, to be a conductor of sorts. So I think he must be enjo- he's obviously enjoying himself at this as well because I mean. <laughs> We haven't talked about it yet, Matt, but we should probably come up with like the Jamie Vardy rate, like just celebration rating for this season. Because I know the one last week, a couple of weeks ago, was good, but I thought this one was even better. Like this one was just point, this one was just ruthless. Like point at the badge, point at himself, and then just pick out some unfortunate fella in the away end and just give him the eyes and the point. That, yeah, that's just. I mean, cutthroat body is very best. I love, I love not only that there are teams that he's getting to re-Russell, right? Like Stoke, been a while since they got to get rustled by Jamie Vardy, right? They've seen him doing it to other teams on TV. Been like, oh, that's that fucker Jamie Vardy, best shit out there in the league. But he hasn't got to do it to them. 
the fact that he's now getting to re-rustle fuckers like that, but then at the same time, teams like Preston that have never got to enjoy, you know, a Jamie Russell, it's just, it's perfect, Jason. It's absolutely perfect. He's making the most of it. I mean, he's not letting uh, uh, an opportunity to Russell pass him by. And I have to say, you know, just a pretty, pretty shameful and embarrassing performance by the Stoke fans. Getting rustled by our number nine and also getting rustled by a nine-year-old. Nine-year-old. Understands. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. Uh, uh, yeah, perfect encapsulation of uh, what this team is doing. Uh, to the opposition. Uh, Chris, on that note, I think it's a perfect time uh, to get to our correspondent across the pond, Mr. Ollie McLean, and his opinion on the last two matches. Hey, Matt. Hey, US Foxes. Hope all is well. I hope you all loved that game and Wednesday's game as much as I did. It's a little two for one for you. Um, Yeah, Preston Preston 3-0 and Stokes 2-0. Two clean sheets back to back at home, going into the international break and buzzing with it to be honest. Back top, of course. Um, yeah, just uh, just over the moon really at the minute. It's uh, it's getting quite boring to say that I'm just excited for every game. Um, but no, it's uh, another good performance today. Um, not nothing to negatively say about that game today against Stoke. It was. It was brilliant. Subs were brilliant. That, that that second goal, indeed, his first touch. I'm pretty sure, flicks it into Vardy, who has his first touch and scores a goal. Um, yeah, brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Chris, you owe me a written apology because that IPA was absolute shit, and I, I think you've seen the reaction video, but it was uh, horrible. <laughs> Never again. Uh, I just don't think it tickled my taste buds. To be fair. Um, but yeah, um, I've tried it and I won't be trying it again. Um, but yeah, anyway, another good game uh, into, the, into the international break now. And we, we'll be back away at Swansea, which is going to be incredible. I already know it now. Um, t- All right, slight technical problem there, Matt. Oh, Should we no go worries. Again? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. We got the gist of it and his most important point, which was yeah, that course, IPA that was, IPA that was, was not good. And I the fact when the conspiracy theory can stop, that wasn't due to the fact that he was about to slander an IPA in any I, way, shape, or form. I promise that it wasn't I'm a with, technical with, glitch why he was gonna slander an IPA. I'd never do that. I would never ever do that, I promise. I, but, I'm with Ali. I'm another member of the uh, anti- IPA brigades, it's just not for me. It feels like I'm drinking a cup of potpourri. Uh, third here, and I know this will hurt Chris's heart, but not an IPA drinker and being from San Diego who make the best IPAs on planet Earth, that is sacrilege, but yeah, just not my thing, man. Not my thing. More for me to drink, boys. More for yep. me to drink, I suppose. That always works. For but. sure. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I have no idea what happened then. <laughs> okay, no worries. Shout out to Ollie. We got we got the we got the gist of it. Um, the the young man is buzzing like the rest of us, and uh, yeah, the energy at the KP. I think he kind of alluded to. It's just different now. Um, you know, I think the uh, people crying to get it forward are now 
understanding or for the most part understanding hopefully that this is not the old the football of old uh for leicester city and 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 now there's with we've got the results to show it so there there should be no pitching at all and i gotta say you know ollie nailed it and like doesn't it feel good to to look forward to the football again Honestly, you it really it in his voice, can't you? It's amazing. Yeah, like, from, if you go back and listen to the podcast six months ago, the poor, it, the poor lads at bottom of the barrel. Like, it's great to see that this is the like. I mean, I know the effect to us is always when we win, but it's just great to see it. Like everybody, everybody's bouncing at the minute. Yeah. Look, at, he's outside. The blue, the sun is shining. Yeah. The sky is blue. He's out there. You know, loving life. Oh man, it's just it's just it's. That's beautiful. Yeah, lo- love that man, and uh, thank you to him for continuously providing us with these uh, match updates. Looking forward to having a pint with him very, very soon. Uh, he alluded, guys, to uh, some stuff coming up, and that a few match coming up, our next match, um, and we will dive into these. We'll look ahead to Swansea next week uh, on the pod. Uh, so he was just jumping a little bit ahead there before he was cut off with our technical uh technical problems <laughs> this week chris <laughs> sabotage sabotage yes um i uh i did want to just as we're i'm starting to get to the end of this pod i did want to give a, a shout out to the ladies uh lesser city women right now you guys if you aren't uh, paying attention they are three and oh and at the top of the league and absolutely smoking teams another amazing win against liverpool and man what it's just running through the club right now we've got confidence we've got skill jason it's a good time to be uh in leicester it, it is man and uh you can see that something sort of changed um at the club uh with the women's last year when, when Willie Kirk took over and kind of changing things around, we made some shrewd signings to bring in uh, Leipzig as a, you know, keeper and she's been phenomenal. Um, and then some other sh- really shrewd signings, I think um, all around the, the women's football world, Leicester city, you know, we, we got a lot of credit for the players that, that we brought in this year. And um, Peterman, um, at the top of the, you know, at the top of the formation, I think has been uh, a revelation scoring uh, big goals, great goals for us. Uh, goalkeeper still doing the business. Um, didn't skip a beat in the back, losing plump tree. I mean, this side is rolling and um, playing with confidence. And there's just such a togetherness um, in that squad. That's like, it's really contagious and, and and you can see it there and you just see how players kind of react to each other and uh, they don't seem like they're afraid to play anyone they'll take they'll take on a, 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 any any opponent right now which which is really great to see and you know in the when you know, we used to always said and, and maybe we've gotten away from this and and hopefully that will you know we'll get back to this on the men's side it's you know go through the season in stages meet you know attain your goals get to get to the 40 points you know do do these things and then go on and push on from there and you know on the women in the women's league only the bottom team goes down and you know the first order of business is to collect a few points early in the season so that you know you can comfortably you know that you'll comfortably stay up 
to get six points in the league already at this point in the season is absolutely huge yeah um for the you know survival chances and then let's see this side you know pick up another win or two and then push on from there and see what they can achieve um it's it's great and if anyone hasn't been watching you know i i seriously suggest you know flip on those games on the stream the league games are all on the fa player app and um and you'll see we've scored some some really fantastic goals this year yeah guys and if you're like me i mean you could put I don't know, a bunch of dogs in Leicester City jerseys against a bunch of dogs in, like, I don't know, any other team jerseys. And I'm going to cheer for those dogs. Like, in Leicester City, any anything that happens, I'm supporting this club. So if you're not getting behind the women right now and what they're doing, uh, you're you're a fool. That That's Liverpool's first defeat of the year. And it was weird to begin with because they had to play Natasha Flynn, who's now with Liverpool. Uh, Leicester City women extraordinaire uh natasha flint and to, so to get that win chris that's just huge and it just speaks to them yeah the, the the momentum that this club has going right now yeah i mean the women's league on a as a whole is just continuing to go from strength to strength to strength i mean if you think about that a couple of weeks ago opening game of the season arsenal got over fifty five thousand at the emirates watching the game we're building the momentum from the women's world cup um earlier earlier late this summer as well and yeah one of the things that'll be interesting to see moving forward jason you made a great point like one of them one team is only going down and the past two seasons that's always been a flip of the coin between us and maybe reading at times and then whoever went down this season given the start i wonder whether or not that mentality is going to be is going to be within the club or whether or not we can start to use this as an opportunity to think about pushing a little bit higher in the league becoming one of those we're not look we're never going to get unless we get a who knows we might i was going to say we're never going to win it but as a leicester city fan you cannot say that because you just never know and so the chances are that we aren't going to be fighting with the man cities and the arsenals and the united to come the end of the season However, it would be nice to see us in that six through nine position where it's showing that there is a general upward trend in what we're doing and we can build and we can start then investing more and more in this squad and then start fighting for those next that next tier of teams like Villa and those sorts of sides. So super exciting start for us. And echo Jason's point, yeah, it is a it's a pain in the ass to find on the Fox on the FA player. But once you've got it, bookmark it, and then World Joy Star. And those listening in Leicester, go to the games. I think yeah, try and keep getting as many, many, many people down at the KP as possible. Because I think that like the more we can get down there, the more we can continue to root as a collective club on the men's and women's fronts, and the more success that we're going to have. I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm going to go out there and say that this – this side this season will beat one of the big teams. We will get a win off of one of them. I'm, I'm putting it out there. I'm going on the record, and I will say it. This team can do it. They will. Well, they've got, they've the got United on Sunday, so who knows? And yeah, just so you're so so we're clear, guys. Uh, the Liverpool women's team are not on the same level as their men's team. That's why Jason is not. You I'm know, not considering that that win. I, win. It was a very good, impressive win, you know, to, to um, especially, you know, on, on the road over there. 
um, midweek game, but I'm saying uh, I've got my sights set on something bigger. Uh, there's going to be we'll, – we will collect a bigger scalp. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. Keep it up, girls. Uh, we are behind you. Guys, wanted to uh, turn now to specifically the U.S. Foxes side of things, things that are happening over here for Leicester City fans. And uh, I don't know if you guys got it in the mail this week, but did want to take a, a quick second on the international membership cards that started rolling out from the club. Uh, unfortunately, this year, and maybe it's just the state of where we are as a club, no, no free gift this year. So uh, don't don't be looking for socks. I think we got socks last year, um, the year before that. Um, I'm not sure what the gift was the year before that. Maybe it was a uh, wallet. But uh, this year, no gift. So if you're international member, they are in the mail. I just got mine two days ago. But uh, no gift this year uh, for our international members. And then any any comment on that, Jason? You just reminded me. I'm not sure if I got my membership yet. <laughs> Well, the number never changes, so when you put your name in it, they'll remember you. That's the good news. Um, I did get my I did get my Foxes Hub subscription though. Believe yeah, me. yeah, we got those. We got those. Um, other thing I wanted to shout out was the turnout on Saturday around the country, guys. Uh, one of the most consistent and best turnouts I think we've gotten the entire season, as far as numbers wise. Uh, we had I think eleven in San Diego, look like right around the same number in New York and Rochester, Philly, with another great turnout. But wanted to give a special shout out to our boys down in Texas. I know we don't have Jim tonight, but and he's in Houston, but this is uh, specifically for the Dallas Foxes that uh, not only had an amazing turnout this week and have been having great turnouts all week, but uh, also have a brand new, very sexy uh, logo that they debuted uh, with the Texas Rangers star. It, it just, it's a very good looking thing. So shout out to the Dallas Foxes, uh, not only for, you know, the cool new logo, but also putting in the work to get that group going uh it, it ain't easy but man they've got it looks to be between eight and ten guys that are getting together every week and it's just when i see that i i literally get goosebumps talking about it guys because this has the, been the dream for so many of us for so long to have thriving communities of lester fans around the country and yeah to see the dallas foxes with that logo jason i know i'm not the only one that was so stoked to see paul and the guys getting it together down there yeah and um it's great, great to see. We actually had some some representation from Dallas too, and at the football factory uh, th th this weekend. So it, it, it's awesome, and and, um, and it's one of the reasons why I always like suggest everyone, you know, like if you're a supporter and, and you know another person, start a little group and it, it'll grow. And then now we've got a network of of supporters clubs around the country. So when you do travel you have an instant group of friends, right. That you can go meet up with and watch the games with. And, and that's, you know, way better than having to sit in your hotel room or some Airbnb that you have to clean later, you know, when you're out traveling and uh, yeah. So, it, you know, we're starting to see that we've had, you know, New York Foxes over in San Diego. We've got, you know, uh, obviously everybody in Philly, we've, you know, gotten together and done all that. And so um, it's great to see also that, you know, like, um and, and so this is my call to you know so anyone who's listening that's, that's sitting in a city somewhere where you don't have a group this is the time like let's get it going 
Yep, absolutely. And uh, yeah, once again, guys, Dallas Foxes love the logo. Little sad you didn't take my suggestion on either Chuck Norris or JR from Dallas being involved, but uh, I digress because you guys killed it on that logo. So, and, and Paul's, you know, one of the OGs, man. He, Paul, Paul, like, he really is, yeah. um, you know, that kind of started this whole kind of US Foxes kind of network of people that are actually like getting together, meeting up, going places and not just like being on Facebook, you know, or, or social media. And, you know, Paul was out there in Los Angeles with us where we all met and, you know, had had such a good time, you know, after the title win. And then those uh, that week, that weekend kind of turned into all of these other clubs now developing, you know, throughout the, throughout the country. So, Love. Absolutely, Paul gets all the love in the world for me, man. He's, he's such a good dude, too. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Paul and Joyce. Love you guys. And uh, for those of you that are longtime listeners on the pod, uh, we've had Paul on this pod probably four times. I would say, Chris. Like, yeah, at least. In the early days. He's an OG. He is an OG. He's, Paul was even a guest um, in the studio when I used to do that. The old uh, Foxes Never podcast with with Abbott. With the man, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Queens. And uh, Paul Paul was was even on that one. He's a legend. So shout out to the Dallas Foxes guys, and yeah, hopefully that's a little inspiration for anybody that's out there right now. And you know, whatever town you're in, uh, yeah, I honestly, guys, grab your cousin who likes baseball or football and just introduce them to it. Buy their beers and uh, look at that. You got two people. That's a group, and suddenly you're starting to starting the next U.S. Foxes group. So. Shout out to those of you that are making the and um, making it happen. Um, anything else that we are missing, guys, that we want to cover before we take off and send the guys off for another week? Chris, we'll start with you. Anything? Uh, no, I think, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm looking forward. It's like a week on Saturday can't come quick enough, can it? For a oh, number damn. of reasons that we'll maybe go into a little bit more next week on the pod. For sure. And I think uh, this just reiterates how much we all hate the fucking international break. Figure it out. People in charge, figure it out. This is terrible. We got all the momentum in the world, and then there's just this big brick thrown into it, Jason. Figure it out. I agree, man. I'm actually like loving the football right now. I don't want any breaks. Um, you know, obviously, this summer really needed one. and uh, But now I just wanted to keep rolling. And um, yeah, but, you know, the, the, Good thing is last break, you know, when we had a lot of, you know, um, uh, we came out of the last break and, and just ripped every, you know, we did. You know everything to shreds, except for the, the Liverpool game, which understandable. So let's just do it again. Let's come back and take it out on Swans. Let's do it again, guys. Uh, yeah. And, and like we said last week, just did want to shout out to our uh, UK listeners. Our UK numbers, guys, are just they're crazy. They've more than doubled this season. And uh, so big shout out to our UK listeners. If you guys are over there, thank you so much for taking time to just go on and on about this club we love so much. And on that note, uh, I will be over for the Swans Away and uh, Sunderland at home. Uh, so please hit us up in the DMs if you would like to have a pint. We're going to be all around Lester, um local hero. We're going to be at Everards. We're going to be literally everywhere. So if you uh, would like to have a pint together, I would love nothing more than to uh, hang out with you and have a pint. So please hit us up in the DMs and we can uh, get together that way. 
Uh, and on that note, guys, that's going to be another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast as we continue to just shit house all over this league that we are in. And thank you, as always, for joining us and taking time out of your week to listen to us pontificate. We will be back next week with a uh, little Swansea preview pod. So you can look forward to that. And as always, if you could please tell your friend, cousin, brother, grandpa, dad about this little pod that we have going on here, we would be ever so grateful because that is how the word spreads. And uh, yeah, thank you as always for joining us on the U.S. Foxes podcast. For Chris, for Jason, for Jim, who could not join us tonight, recovering from his Euro vacation. I am Matt in San Diego, and we will see you next time on the U.S. Foxes podcast. Cheers, guys. Cheers.